This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Yeah, let's bring in our next guest who's going to be talking to us about the ruling party and 112. Uh, that's how, of course, old uh, the party would be. And then, of course, the January 8th statement. Yeah, over the weekend, uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa in capacity number two, let's call it capacity ANC, talking to us then about the ANC. And what the January 8th statement is generally is over the years, it's always been uh, in recent times, I must say since 1994. Before that, of course, a liberation speech of some sort talking about the revolution and when the revolution will rise. And and the revolution, of course, did rise and, and changed things. And then the January 8th statement, in essence, always being that particular document that then the ANC will rely upon to tell ordinary other people since of course it is the government of the day uh, how the you know the year will pan out so from a both political and or government space because it's been the only party in that particular space uh, that we know of dr ngama mtinka of course is my guest and he'll be talking through a few of those particular pointers uh, around what happened the weekend let me bring him in uh Doctor, welcome to Power 98.7. Welcome to Power Perspective. How are you, sir? And compliments of the season. Let me start there. Honorable, sir. Um, good evening. Oh, you, you made me a politician. Not. You made me a politician. <laughs> Honorable member. <laughs> well, oh, uh, oh. Probably, probably the most deserving of that uh, salutation, <laughs> sir. So, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good and uh, all the best for the year to you and family and your listeners. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And, and, and did, let, let me ask you just a quick, quick question. Did you manage to get away? Did you, did you, did you, you know? Um... I had a, I did have a cumulative six days. Mm-hmm. That was really like, you know. Cumulative six days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Here and there. But it, yeah. was, it was, it was, it was good. Is it the rent gets you nowhere these days, Chief? <laughs> the rand doesn't get you anywhere these days when oh, you yeah, want to travel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We were chilling at home. Mm. Let's let's start with the weekend. Um, you know, and and um, ha- has it has it lost its flavor? It, has it still got its relevance? You know, all these years later, uh, particularly since 1994. Of course, the ANC will will tell us otherwise, and the ANC will come forward and say. No, 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 no. This is tradition and this is why we do it. And there are various reasons why we do it. If if you were receiving it on the other side, you know, does, does one still look at it the same? Interesting, interesting angle. You've, mm-hmm. you've, you've, you've always me. different, always different. Uh, yeah, Dr. Mtika. Yeah, so, 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 you know, in, um, I think, mid 2000s mm-hmm. to the early 2000s i was i was in a, 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 at an investment promotion agency mm. and then a local municipality and 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 a non-profit mm. in all those times us were crafting strategies for the year mm. the earliest document that we got available was the january 8th statement of the governing party so mm. it influenced strategy planning sessions because we would say it's likely that this 
state of the nation address and the mm. national priorities uh, for the year are going to be announced there. And obviously, in local government, what we did was to look for uh, key messages for mm. the year in, in, in local government communication. Mm. I don't know because since then, I mean, I've, 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 I've hardly interacted with the document from a planning point of view. Mm, mm. Um, so it's mainly been uh, the foretaste of what Esona is going to be like, mm. what the president wants to write home about and what the challenges are. And to some extent, I think it's retained the issue of what the priorities for the year gotcha. uh, are likely going to be in Sona as charged from the January 8th statement. Mm. Interestingly, I think this year, um, the January 8th statement has slanted mostly on the on the defensive mode. Mm. Um, Being an election the, year. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And also an election year in which um, the message of the ANC was dictated uh, by the opposition in the sense that uh, there's been growing this sense of, uh, you know, 2024 has got to be a year of reset. 2024 is our 1994 mm. uh, to, 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 to set ourselves free from 30 years of ANC misrule. Mm. So I think that it engages a lot with that concept of uh, 30 years of ANC mm. misrule. And I think it succeeds in many ways in addressing that. Uh, mm. But in so doing, I think that we lost out a lot more on the current crises mm. and the ways in which it's going to be resolved. Mm. That, that aside, Doctor, you, you know, um, 30 years in, right? Uh, what could can one forgive him for 30 years in almost as a scorecard being an election year for, you know you know if we if we took all of that away and we looked and we said you know just the 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 fundamental aspect of being 30 years in that particular space yeah. could one forgive him for wanting to give us a report card in essence of we did this and we did this and we did this and we did this and we did this yeah no 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 absolutely because you see especially the colleagues in government will will feel very happy about the message in government communication we would only say mm. elections are bad for us because one you couldn't engage politicians uh, telling mistruths about uh, untruths about what's happened. Mm. But at the same time, uh, when governi- the governing party was not communicating the message of what's been achieved, mm. it ended up creating a very false idea that things had gone bad. Mm. So, 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 so indeed, there's a lot that has gone well in South Africa. Mm. I particularly, I mean, uh, our the the housing program that we have had, or as government would like to call it, the human settlements program. Mm. Mm. I doubt that there are many governments across the world who would. Uh, duplicate what's been done comprehensively here. Yeah. Mm. And if you remember the, the the way in which urban centers, in the way in which uh, black people uh, settled in mm. urban centers, mm. was that because of influx control, there the, 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 the wasn't much. So people ended up settling under dangerous uh, electricity lines uh, settling in 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 flat plains, mm. settling in um, in, in former dump sites, mm. 
mm. creating health hazards from methane to power shocks to flooding. Mm. Um, in every city you will find that. So we witnessed how people were relocated from those dangerous areas mm. uh, to Greenfield's developments. Uh, I mean, in Nelson Mandela Bay, I can count no less than probably eight mm. uh, new settlements that mm. were built as a result. Of, and, and so that created also uh, the statistics that we see with uh, in, in, in Stats essay that show mm. in the latest census that shows that there has been an incremental change mm. since 1996 in terms of access to municipal mm. services and utilities and 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 and, and, and those are commendable mm. yes indeed reports do show that we could have gotten more mm. you know even if we factor in legacies of mm. apartheid and colonialism yeah. we could have gotten more um, the, in the human settlement space, for example, we've had rectification of uh, formerly badly built houses. Mm. We've, we've had um, programs. We've had the corruption and 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 um, swindling of state coffers. Mm. Uh, poor ability to spend in certain you know key grants in provinces. So yes, while 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 I think that it is good to remind the country. Mm. that there has been some good performance, yeah. it's also good to acknowledge where the problems are. Sure. Doctor, you know, we, we're talking about, and I had Vuyomaga on, you know, who is the spokesperson here in Gauteng, obviously, you know, being being at, 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 at Jan 8 as well and talking to, to the political party. Let, let, me, yeah. let me just, let me throw, throw this one at you and see how you come back at me. How much of a conversation do we need to have around it would have happened under democracy anyway? Life would have become better for black people after 27 April 1994 anyway, or versus an ANC has delivered this, 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 and this. Now, by default, because they won the election in that particular year, they have been the party that has, of course, given us the houses, given us the water, you know, given us whatever it is that one talks about. But how much of it do you ascribe to having been a democratic process that would have come Anyway, had the PAC one, had the IFP one, maybe to an maybe a better extent, we don't know, maybe to a worse extent. How does one gauge that conversation when one looks at how much we've gained and how much we could have gained and how much we lost? Because if you built one more house than the, the, the apartheid system did, you you did better. If you built one more road, you did better. If black people felt like they had democracy 28th February, 28th April 1994, that made them feel better. They were whole. They, 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 they knew who they were suddenly in this thing called South Africa. How much can we have a conversation about the democratic space where change was inevitable? because it was now looking to all of us versus a conversation 30 years in that says, we gave you this, we gave you this, we gave you this. Is that to me or for you? To you, to you, to you. Sure. That's an interesting one. So mm. um, as the president was going over 
the some 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 of the deliverables which I thought, wow, we've taken for these for granted. Yeah. Such as the institutional architecture or mm. that that protects our democracy. Mm. Um, such as the I guess yeah the institutional architecture, uh, as well as general freedom and liberties. Mm. I had that feeling that well, it's I'm happy that I've been reminded mm. about those. But those come with democracy. Mm. However, so that's the the yes part of my question. Yeah. Uh, that democracy anyway would give civic liberties. Would give us certain liberties, yeah. Uh, uh, but this is so. I wrote my masters on a topic I, I, I titled "Creative Politicking in Post-Apartheid South Africa," mm. and here I want to talk about how the things that have happened, the majority of it do not necessarily follow because you are in a democracy. Mm. So if you look at uh, South Africa has been de-industrializing the role of the manufacturing sector Mm. in the country, you know, no longer uh, as weighty as it was in a period described as the golden age mm. uh, from the 1950s to the 1960s when we were driving import substituting industrialization. Mm. So it, we, we, the, the government started uh, the industrial development zones program. Mm. Initially in 1996, it was the spatial development initiatives. Um, uh, 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 but it, it crystallized into the Industrial Development Zones program. Mm. That was the Kuha project, the East London ITZ, the Dube Trade exactly. Port, yeah. uh, and, and a few others. That happened, uh, there was a, a lot of fighting to make sure that those industrial zones gain momentum, the mm. port of Kuha is built, huge fights that the governing party along with uh, stakeholders that were driving those projects, hence I dubbed creative politicking. Mm. And then and then in, 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 in the metro that I am in, and I know that in, uh, elsewhere in the country as well, in, 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 uh, after 2011, the Stalini group, in all the chaos that they caused after coming from Pulugwane Boyant, mm. the one thing which I think I comment that they introduced was to fight for an 80-20 split of the capital budget of a municipality every year Mm. to go towards previously disadvantaged wards. And what this allocation did was dedicated to tarring of gravel roads, Mm. servicing of more sites for for housing, as well as a few other things. And those budgets, in fact, there were fights about approving those budgets. Also, municipalities, metros, I think Nelson Mm. Mandela Bay, I don't know which others, oh, Cape Town also, Mm. had to... Uh, manage to prove their competencies when it comes to, you know, this ability to deliver human settlements such Mm. that they could graduate to receive direct allocations from national government. Mm. And I think that uh, those were achieved. Mm. But Mm. you know what was the challenge, uh, uh, is that we saw while these uh, over 300, sorry, 3 million units of housing were delivered by mm. 2014. Mm. The housing backlog in cities was increasing. Yeah. And that is because of urbanization and yeah. poor investment in rural areas. Yeah. So there's an urban success story. Mm. 
Uh, in the rural areas, there was a great success in the 90s with the electrification program, 90s and early 2000s. But they were basically ignored since then. Mm. So, 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 so you have this story of urban success and rural neglect, yeah. which then creates urban problems. Mm. Got you. Here's, here's, here's a question I want to ask you also before I let you go and, and just getting, just getting to, you know, some of, some of the stuff. Um, let's, let's, let's look at Cyril Ramaphosa, who is at the, at the, at the head of the ANC at the moment. President Cyril Ramaphosa, ANC president, president of the country as well. And the, and, and maybe the dilemma he faces or the kind of, um, you know, um, uh, wall he needs to climb. You can, you can tell me about that. 2019, uh, 57.5%. Uh, 2004, close to 70%, that particular number was, close to 70%. 2019, 57.5%. Here in Gauteng, 51 point some odd percent just just reaching that particular mark 2008 you saw cope 2013 you saw the eff you've got jacob zuma at the moment what jacob zuma is doing so 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 with that having put that in 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 somewhat of a little bit of context in getting to the kind of wall that they need to climb let me let me also just give you this if i'm going to go backwards from the presidents of the ANC. Cyril Ramaphosa, president at the moment, maybe fighting for his life within the presidency and or the party as well. That's a given, but he is there at the moment. Before that, we had Jacob Zuma. He's gone. He's somewhere else. He's MK. He's calling for people not to vote for the ANC at this particular point, not leaving though. We've got Khalema Motlante, who at one particular point, context included, said maybe the ANC needs to learn and went on to talk about all the kind of failures and, and things the ANC have been getting up to. In fact, at one point stood up and said, this particular leader needs to go and I'm going to stand for moral reasons. I'm going to stand for the presidency of the country. That was Khalema Motlante, Tabo Mbeki, all over the ANC at the moment with the issues, walking all over it. Nelson Mandela, um, you know, who, who, of course, you know, left us, uh, you know, at this particular point, one can only think maybe of what he would have thought of the ANC. His family have particular views, though, of the ANC. So I've named all the particular presidents, bar one, who is the present one, who have gone and done and said certain things. These are not ordinary members of the party. These are very, very senior, you know, people who led the party, who in essence, I don't want to use the term turned against the party, but very disillusioned in in the way they look back at the party that they would have run and or led or belonged to at one particular point and look at it now and reflect on that. What do you say to just the, the the space I've given you and 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 the kind of hill Cyril Ramaphosa needs to climb. Okay. First of all, I think that there is nothing that the ANC can do by campaign craft that's going to help it escape a drop below fifty percent national average in this election. Mm. And uh, my view is that strategically it should continue to do uh, what I'm going to call post-conflict reconstruction, uh, post-conflict institutional rebuilding for purposes of building something for the future, Mm -hmm. building an ANC of the future. Mm -hmm. Now, a few things 
are interesting for me when stalwarts of the ANC speak. Mm. First of all, there are the objective facts of where the party is, right, that are undeniable. Mm. Uh, that it's, it's, it's corruption infested, uh, proved by uh, Auditor General reports in, uh, on municipalities, in provinces, and in national government departments. We, I, 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 there were um, some positive comments from the Auditor General about at least the political will of some provinces to try and help change the situation around. So that's commendable. But the bottom line is that as a matter of objective fact and reality, mm. the party, um, I nearly said, to borrow from his cause. So so that's where the party is. Now, that's mm. a matter of objective factors. Mm. But if you look at the internal politics of the ANC, there are long, uh, drawn-out, subtle battles that have been going on about notions of seniority uh, and who knows the ANC better and not. Uh, and a, a concept that's exploited as though this is biblical knowledge of the party, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, from a time before. Yeah, so this mm. is employed. Uh, this is this is overly employed. Mm. No, so and so knows the party. So and so doesn't know the party. Yeah, uh, there are those old and and in fact the ex- the exiles have, in my view, have had a messianic complex mm. where they have sought to de- to 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 undermine other liberation traditions. Mm within the ANC. So it's not, uh, they, they were involved. I mean, who, who split the party right in the middle? It's the fight between former President Tabombeki and uh, uh, former President Zuma. Mm. Um, that leads to splinter groups, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the, since the Pulukwana conference. Now, they want to blame the person who inherits uh, an organization that was at war with itself. Indeed, mm. he did say uh, to Mamin. So in, 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 a lot of he's got to shoulder a lot of the blame, mm. but also there's the politics of t- inheriting a divided um, ANC as the first president to actually have a, conf- a, a, a to inherit a president, a, a, an ANC that split right in the middle. Mm. With former President Jacob Zuma, he had a decisive uh, victory, which allowed him to prosecute a purchase. With former President Silva Maposa, he had a secretary, someone who felt that it's only a matter of time before he, right from the word go. So he's only had in his second term at the level of the party, what former President Jacob Zuma had in his first term. That notwithstanding, I agree with the sentiment that says the president could have done better in terms of boldness and courage to lead his own party uh, on a cleanup exercise. I note the successes, especially 
driven through the elect the creation of the electoral uh, committee within the party that's prescribed standards led by the NEC, obviously. Um, and it looks like it's going to have an interesting uh, time if that letter that was linked to of resignation mm, mm, mm. from Dr. Lamine Zuma, yeah. where there's an in- interview process. Yeah. That's important. That's, that's a huge departure mm. from the majoritarian Mm, uh, mm. manipulate uh, branches and then you get to be on the to- on top of the list. No interviews, no qualifying criteria whatsoever. So it looks like this recovery, at least at, level, at the level mm. of the party, of putting processes in place, putting procedures in place, and some institutional mechanisms to mm. control the, the selection of leaders. Is, 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 is I think it's going to count in their favor, sure. but not to sway the elections towards a majority outcome. Sure. You're going to be asked, Ubani, when? Where do you come from? Who are you? Show us your card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dr. Ungama Mtinka, thank you so much for joining me here on Power Perspective. You know what I'm going to enjoy most, Doctor? Is is when this election begins to happen and me and you are at the IEC and we are chatting and talking about, you know, where, how and what and the kind of yeah. dynamics that are happening. I can't wait for that. As as we did as we did at Nasrek. But but between that there and now, many, many more times where me and you will be discussing the run up to this particular election. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on to Power Perspective tonight and engaging. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. That's Dr. Ngama Mtinka talking to us there about, of course, the ANC and its 112, you know, years uh, that, of course, it's come a long way. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.